This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That gets you bored as we discuss Andy, Howie, who deserves the most credit for what this franchise has been the last 20 years, and the top five quarterbacks of all time. I got Brady, Montana, Manning, Mahomes, and Steve Young. We'll get back to all that coming up. But right now, we go out to the guest line, Elliot Shore Parks, who's all set for a trip to Arizona. Elliot, how you doing tonight? Excited to get to Arizona, man. You're going to be there next week. It's going to be a, uh, a true football guy week next week in uh, Phoenix. I would say it's the biggest football guy week of the year, yes. It's going yeah, to be exciting out there. Elliot, before we get to the game and the matchup, I, I, did, I think I heard you, maybe I forget when it was, but maybe it was during the pregame show, but you were somehow having to buy some new clothes, like some new attire yeah. for Phoenix. Have you done it? So sadly, I have not yet. I did get my hair cut today, so okay. we got we got that done with. Unfortunately, the game being so far away, I don't have anyone to cut it in Phoenix. I had to do it today. Uh, still deciding what suit I'm going to wear, but yes, I will be getting hopefully you know five or six new uh, outfits for next week. Got to look nice, you know. It's going to be Radio Row. It's the Super Bowl, so excited to get that done. So let me ask you this: So I, I know you're a uh, you're someone who who looks nice when you go to the game, right? You wear a suit. But, like, yeah, the the other parts of of the Super Bowl experience, like Radio Row, Media Night, um, if you happen to attend any of the parties out there, like, what what are we talking (laughs) about? More suits or just some nicer clothes? Well, Joe, if you just want advice on what you should wear next week, you can just come out and say it. You know, you don't, you don't have to. Well, no, I'm, I'm just, like I'm it. just wondering how you're going to dress, and then I could go off right. of that. That's all. Yeah. Right. So, so I would say dress the part of how you want to look. I mean, a radio row. You know, I would say it's a little more casual. Uh, the media availability, people dress up for sure. The party. So this will be, I think, my fourth Super Bowl that I've covered. For the first two, I did try to go to those parties. You know, like the big ones where all the celebrities go to, and you just. You know, you always feel underdressed there, I guess. It was it was a humbling experience to get into a, a party like that. But uh, I won't be trying this week. This is a, a work week this time. All right. It is, it is a, it's a business trip for Elliot and for the Eagles and for all of us. All right, Elliot, let's get to this. Let me ask you the question that we were, we were debating earlier, where, where you lie on this. So I would say, for the most part, until now, 
if you say, like, if you had to pick out one person uh, within the football part of things, whether it's coaching, yeah. player, front office, the last 20 years, that is the biggest reason why the Eagles have become such a good franchise. I think Andy Reid would have been the answer for most people. He established the culture, the foundation, left Doug behind, Foles, all that. Um, I think how he's surpassed him now, because he's done all this this year without – you know, mostly Andy people. I know there's a few players left over, but I, I think Howie taking two different teams to Super Bowls, he, he's gone over Reed for me in terms of credit for the last 20 years and what this franchise is. Where do you lie on that? Yeah, so so I understand the people who who say Andy. I do, right? Because living in, you know, going through those early 2000 teams, uh, I think he set the foundation in some ways for this franchise. He was the, the first coach that was really successful under Jeffrey Lurie. So there's an argument for Andy, but I think if you just drop somebody down and, and explain the franchise, the history of the Eagles franchise, right, and they knew nothing about it, it would be pretty simple. The guy that constructed one Super Bowl team, the guy that's overseen probably, probably the best stretch in Eagles history, and then a guy that might have another ring in two weeks, yeah, that's the most important guy. I mean, what Andy Reid did was awesome, right? I mean, the, you know, those early 2000 Eagles were, were amazing to watch. They were extremely successful. They didn't win the Super Bowl, and unfortunately, that that has to factor into this. So when eventually Howie has two rings to to none for Andy, I don't even think it's close. But even now, I I think that uh, even with one to nothing, I still think you would put Howie ahead of him. Elliot, as we look forward to the game itself and where the Eagles are at, are are you surprised at the the betting line out there and and the way this thing has flipped around? I mean, the Eagles are – they're the favorite. I mean, they're the favorite over yeah. an all-time great quarterback. And and you go through the history of the Super Bowl, that doesn't happen very often where, you know, guys that are obviously all-timers like Mahomes already has become, they're not usually underdogs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I was looking it up today. Mahomes has never been an underdog in the playoffs. So this is this is a new new territory for him. And, you know, as great as Jalen has been this year, and I certainly think Nick deserves coach of the year uh, consideration, I think he probably should have been a finalist. You can make the argument that Chiefs have the better quarterback head coach duo heading into this game. So for them to, for the Eagles, I should say, to be a favorite, it, it is somewhat surprising. But you know they've earned it as well, right? I mean they they were dominant in their two playoff games. They've been dominant in the majority of games that they've played this year. Uh, so yeah, I mean I, I am surprised to a certain degree they're favorites, but we'll also see how this plays out. I mean it wouldn't surprise me, but by the time kickoff came, if it was a pick'em or if the if the Chiefs, you know, creep ahead by one point. But but it did surprise me when the initial line came out. Elliot, any concern over the offense after Sunday? Um, not, I, and I do think the context is necessary. The Niners were one of the top two or three defenses in the league all year. I mean, that's a great defense. Uh, right. And the game was kind of weird in that I think the Eagles realized pretty early they didn't have to take any chances. As long as they didn't turn it over, they weren't going to lose. But that being said, the offense had one of their worst days of the year moving the ball. It was just a slog for a lot of that game. Any concern about the offense and Jalen Hurts heading into the Super Bowl? So my concern wouldn't be off of that game. I and mean, if you think about these playoffs so far, the Eagles basically haven't had to play in the second half of both games. And even with as good as the 49ers defense is, they still put up 21 points in the first half. So it wasn't, you know, like they were up seven to nothing and turned it off. I mean, they were, they were on pace for 42 points against that, that 49ers defense. So I didn't, I didn't have any concerns really about the offense coming out of that game. I think Jalen did what he had to do which is be smart with the ball and kill time in the second half, and they did that very well. Now, my concern with offense would be it's been a while now until they've put together like a real dominating you know, first quarter to the end of the game offensive performance, right? You think about that stretch, Tennessee, uh, the Giants, and Packers. 
that was probably the last time we've seen them really kind of click on all cylinders for four, for four quarters. And going against this Kansas City Chiefs offense, they're going to have to do that. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the game a little bit more and certainly a ton more before, before they actually kick off. But this Chiefs offense might be better than the Eagles offense. And there's not many teams you can say that about in the NFL. So if this is going to be a shootout, if it has to be another 41 to 33 type of win, do I have confidence that the offense can do that? I, I don't know, right? I, I mean, they haven't played well in, in a while. So I think that's the biggest question going into the game. Can they win a shootout against the Chiefs? Yeah, and they might need to against a, a quarterback that good. We're talking to Elliot Shore Parks here. Elliot, I, I saw you and James um, on, on a Go Birds episode. We're talking about the meaning of this one. If they do pull yeah. this off compared to 2017. And I, and I saw a clip of it and I was watching for a little bit. And my first thought going in before I, I listened to you guys was like, no way, right? Like nothing compares to the first one. But, but, when I think about it, I mean, I do think if they get this one, a second Super really legitimizes the whole franchise as as not just like it's a different realm. Like there's a couple, yeah. there's teams that have one, but if you have two or more, and you're always successful, like the Eagles will start being talked about with the other great franchise in the NFL. What do you think? Because I'm sure a lot of people just reflexively say 2017 is is more meaningful. Yeah, and you know, you get again that that's a fine answer, right? It was the first Super Bowl. It was an amazing run. The way they won it was one of the best Super Bowl games ever, right? But but I also think that in any sport, uh, right, and with any team, the the championships that are remembered the most, the ones that are talked about the most, the ones that people bring up and all that, those are the ones won by by great players. Those are the ones that are won by the best in the history of the franchise. I mean, if Iverson would have won a title in '01, if McNabb would have won that title in '04. They would be viewed as, as you know, the favorite titles in the city's history to a certain degree, just because those were iconic franchise great players. Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl in 2017 was an unbelievable run, and it was awesome to watch. But at the end of the day, Foles wasn't even the the you know the starter next year, right? I mean, that team didn't really have it had clearly some great players on it, but Foles is is not like the best quarterback in franchise history. There is a chance that if Jalen Hurts wins this Super Bowl. It's not going to be many years. I mean, you've already written about it until he is the best quarterback in franchise history. So while 17 was, was, was an emotional Super Bowl and it was awesome, I think this one both validates it, but it also checks the biggest box for a great championship, which is it'll be won by one of the greatest players in franchise history. And so I think that could end up making it more special. Yeah, and it could be the one that it kind of pushes them forward with him to a, to a new amazing era of Eagles football. Um, Elliot, injury-wise, the only thing I guess that there's any worry about is Dickerson, but that sounds like yeah. it's not that bad? Yeah, uh, I mean, they, I think they're going to have all 22 starters yet again. I mean, I think the longer Landon Dickerson is here, we're going to learn two things about him, which is one, he's a, he's a great guard, but two, he comes out of what it feels like almost every game for a snap or two with something that's bothering him. So, you know, the Eagles released a practice report today. I believe he was listed as limited or did not practice, uh, but it was a walkthrough, and the game's a while away. So I wouldn't worry about it. I think they're going to have all 22 starters uh, for the Super Bowl. How close are we to putting Hassan Reddick at the top, or near the top at least, of lists of the greatest Eagles free agent signings ever? I mean, you go back and you kind of look at some of the names. Runyon obviously was a great one. Troy Vincent. I mean, they've had some great ones, Malcolm. But I mean, yeah. man, this this year by Reddick is as good as any season we've ever seen a pass rusher have around here since since Reggie White. Well, and think about how much that's changed since the start of the season. When you think about how AJ Brown started the year, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't a free agent signing, but he was an acquisition mm-hmm. in the off season. The idea that Hassan could have passed him would have been crazy. But now you look at what he's done, and not just what he's done all year. 
but what he's done in the biggest games. I mean, if you look since December started, when you know the games really started to matter, he's been unbelievable. I think he has like eleven and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. Um, he what is he up to now? Like eighteen and a half sacks in twenty games or something like that. I mean, I always thought one of the greatest stats in Eagles history is Reggie White having as many sacks as games played for this franchise. Hassan Reddick clearly hasn't done it as long, but he's almost doing it this year, right? So just in terms of the impact that he's made this year, it isn't just that he gets to the quarterback. It's that when he's there, he makes plays. He finishes the job. He knocks the ball out. And these other great pass rushers that people talk about, Micah Parsons, uh, you know, Nick Bosa, they, they did not have strong ends to the years. They did not make plays in the playoffs. Hassan Reddick has been an impact player for this team when they really needed them. And I just know in terms of my time covering the team and, you know, recent Eagles history, I can't think of an edge rusher that's had more of an impact than Hassan Raddick has. All right, Elliot, uh, let's end with this. Kenny Gainwell, the performance so far in the playoffs and, and his usage, if you had a guess, is this just more because they're up in these games and it's just the way the games have gone? Or are we seeing a little changing in the guard here? Like, is, is he and, and Miles closer to 1 and 1A than, than ever during the season? So I wouldn't call it a changing of the guard. I do think it has a little bit to do with the score and they, they want to get Miles out. I mean, Miles is wearing a knee brace at the end of the year. I think he's mostly healthy, but I think, you know, it's also something he's still somewhat dealing with. I think in close games, you know, if this Chiefs game, and I would be very, very surprised if the Eagles blew out the Chiefs, um, I think you'll see Miles Sanders be the pretty clear-cut number one. Kenny Gainwell is going to touch the ball, but ultimately I, I still think Miles is, is their go-to back. So, Kenny's been unbelievable. I mean, if you remember back at the trade deadline, we all thought the main need, or you know, most of us thought, was a top backup running back. And Kenny, you know, to his credit, in the playoffs when called upon, has been really good. But I still think Miles is the guy. Yeah, and, and he'll probably be in the Super Bowl. Elliot, I appreciate you hopping on. Have a safe flight, and I'll see you next week in Arizona. Yep, sounds, uh, sounds good. I can't wait. There he goes. Elliot Shorparks joining us there. Next time I see him, we'll be out in Phoenix, Arizona, where he'll be wearing something nice. And um, I probably will just be wearing what I normally wear. You gonna be wearing shorts out there? Shorts feels a little aggressive for February. I and mean, I understand I'm, I'm in Arizona, but I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't think I don't know if I've ever traveled um, to a place where the temperature is different than where I came from. Like for example, I went. I've been to Hawaii, right? So I've been to, to a beautiful climate. But I went in July, so it's like it's it like, wasn't much different than what you were used to wearing. Right. I, I was wearing shorts on the plane. I was going to wear shorts when I got off. I've never had one of those drastic travel switches. And I guess this counts, right? It'll be 70-something when I get there, and it will be like, I don't know, 25 when I leave or 30 when I leave. That's pretty drastic. I don't know. Shorts feels aggressive. I mean, is it unprofessional to wear shorts on Radio Row? I Again, I, I don't know.